I'm a little bit more involved in whatever I'm watching or I'm reading when I know who is telling me something and what their like love or objective is. So I was like, okay, I'll tell everybody a little bit about myself and what I love literally in my handle. So I was like, okay, Jews love trees. Sounds good. Just because I was conscious of like all of the tree symbology in Judaism, I always kind of found it fascinating. I had written a few kind of fictional characters and pilots here and there, like a like a principal of a Hebrew school, a little old lady who was like obsessed with trees and fertility. Um, oh, who I thought was really funny. She's everybody's <laughs> aging Jewish hippie mother. She's every, exactly yeah. right. We're back, y'all. It's Jew-ish. And it's Tubishvat. What's Tubishvat, you say? Well, it's the birthday of the trees. And uh, you may not have known this, but Jews love trees. It's true. Trees have a very special place in Jewish life. They're a part of a lot of our celebrations, a lot of our life events. And uh, at least one Jew loves trees so much, he named himself that on Instagram. I present to you the hilarious Tobin Mitnick. If you are not familiar with Jews Love Trees on Instagram, go follow him. You will not be sorry. He is one of my all-time favorite social media personalities. My sister and I got totally obsessed with him during covid he was just such a bright spot in our lives. And as suspected, he is incredibly knowledgeable about trees, which did not surprise me. But what did surprise me was to learn about what a warm, intelligent, and thoughtful person he is. Having said that, these two uh, little Jewish kids really got along. So this episode is a, a bit of a romp. So buckle up. Uh, even though we did eventually remember to talk about Tubishvat, uh, most of the Tubishvat specific information on this one is actually going to be in the show notes more so than the episode. Tobin is also a hilarious comedian, and therefore, some of our conversation may not be appropriate for young or very innocent ears. So uh, just keep that in mind. So happy new year to you. Happy new year to the trees. And please enjoy Tobin and this episode in the spirit of celebration. Welcome back. And here we go. In my head, you're like a massive star, by the way. It's like because... the craziest thing I've ever heard. Hannah, what are you talking about? Oh my God. I know. No. You're like a real star. Did you know? That's, Tobin? that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Did you know that you're an actor? I did. Did I know that I'm an actor? I, it's been a long time, but that's all I want to do now. And I'm sick of social media. So, oh, no. Yeah. Well, I found you on AMDB and I was like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was a lead in the, I was a lead in the film in theaters about 10 years ago called Holidaysburg. Yeah. It looks hilarious. Some, some guest code. It was pretty good. You know, it's like, it's weird when you watch your, or like, I don't know if it's the same thing for you when you look at your work like five, like a year out and five years out and 10 years out. Like, uh, I really disliked watching it immediately. 100%. And then like a year later, I was like, okay, I've made peace with it. Um, and then like three years later, I can be like, okay, this is where I was doing good work. And this is where I was doing bad work. Totally. And then like, there was another wave of like, oh God, no, it just represents everything I failed at. Um, and now I'm like, okay, I'll watch it again. No problem. And now I can like show it to my daughters and they're like, that's you. And I'm like, true, true that. Wait, daughters, there's two now? I thought there was only one. Oh, there's two daughters. Oh. Well, it's actually my my wife was like, actually, it's it's been continuous. It hasn't actually abated because we got pregnant like the day like on Mike on uh, what was it like on Tom Hanks Day? Like, oh, boy, was like we got pregnant. But like the the continuation of like breastfeeding and stuff. And then I think she had like a one month break and then we got pregnant again. And then like 
just like she like we just like now the uh, daisy my second is now just eating just like entirely solid food so like my wife has just been like put through the tire for like almost four years just like continuous continuous biological needs being wrought upon her like nonstop. it's really wild so i discovered your uh instagram page which you know yeah, okay. i maybe i won't plug it since you're sick of it no just kidding but like i remember when you had your first baby on instagram yeah like, sure. i remember that was you only... taking your break and being like oh i got I'm very tired now new dad hey hi things are weird and i was like oh, that was like three or four months in yeah that was crazy oh, here we are i was making really good stuff back then you were like, making really good stuff. I was like, I was like, stuff. everything is growing. Oh my God, life. And in my head was like sprouted, like little sprouts here. And I was like walking through like a field half naked. Like that was amazing. Your popcorn review was a meaningful addition to my thought bank for, for, uh, you know, for COVID. That's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I feel about the Coulter Pine, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I feel like it's pine. more of named after Mrs. Coulter from his Dark Materials. But if you've heard it, was oh, Coulter, I don't pine. know his Dark Materials. Should I get into his Dark Materials? I don't know if you're a big nerd like I am. Well, I, OK, so see, yes. Yeah, you have yeah. a thing called Judas Love Trees. So like you're a nerd a like thing. I am. One of my resolutions is like to to listen or watch or read everything that anybody tells me to think or watch i mean to watch your have all not with, not what they tell all. you to think don't do that that's, not just not think sorry did i say <laughs> think in there yeah my we and my resolution okay. is to be uh mentally feeble and um <laughs> easily influenced easily influenced. Yeah. yes yes the influencer becomes the influence oh um, now we're talking now let's get some meta stuff so what happened so obviously I think you were really in your groove, and this is not to like rub salt in the wound because you were totally said, I am so sick of social media. So where those initial clips that you started, I was also like really into the um, neon opener a la Glow. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, the 80s, the 80s, like, yeah. So where did it go? What happened? You said you Um, fell out of love. What happened? I think so. Well, it was like the original, the original genesis of it was like, okay, I can, I really like listening to stuff or I'm a little bit more involved in whatever I'm watching or I'm reading when I know who is telling me something and what their like love or objective is. So I was like, okay. I'll tell everybody a little bit about myself and what I love literally in my handle. So I was like, okay, Jews love trees. Sounds good. Just because I was conscious of like all of the tree symbology in Judaism, I always kind of found it fascinating. I had written a few kind of fictional characters and pilots here and there, like a like a, a principal of a Hebrew school, a little old lady who was like obsessed with trees and fertility, um, oh, who I thought was really funny. <laughs> She's everybody's <laughs> aging Jewish hippie mother. She's every, exactly yeah. right. She's got giant chunks of uh, green and blue, like glass of jewelry. But I, yeah, I'd always kind of found it fascinating, like why would why this growth symbol was all over the religion. So it's like, okay, I'll start with that, and I'll occasionally like look at trees through a Jewish lens, just because I have this like, you know, as do we all who were brought up in like Hebrew school or whatever, mm-hmm. grew up culturally Jewish, have this kind of foundational knowledge of like. Um, both narrative and and Hebrew text and all that kind of stuff that you can just draw on for stories and kind of intertwine them with the natural world. I had a lot of kind totally. of influences from when I was a kid, people who were like self-fashioned naturalists. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, that kind of something like self-fashioned <laughs> naturalist. He calls himself a naturalist. <laughs> yeah, right. But then he drinks coffee, a plant. Okay. Um, no, but like, uh, I, I really kind of just wanted to um, think about more interesting ways to like talk about nature because the two have kind of been inextricably linked for me my entire life. So 
yeah, those first few, those first few months, at least when I was kind of just like cutting 45 second or one minute videos, it was very easy because I was like, oh, I'll just talk about every single tree that I'm interested in or obsessed with and kind of like do a take on it. Um, you know, like just to make it a little bit more interesting, which is something that I've been doing with sketch comedy and prop comedy for a long time. If even if you're just going to make a joke, you still have to do a take on it. Like right now I'm like, I haven't made a lot of videos in the past like month and a half just because I've had 24 seven childcare and it's, it's basically been impossible to have any time yeah. for myself, which is fine. It's just how it goes when you have two kids. It's just how it goes. It's just like that's in the contract and I signed it. Yeah. So right now I, I, my wife found it and I found ourselves like with an hour to kill at the Cancun airport because we were coming back from like this place at the Yucatan and we were flying out of Cancun, which is the most like damnable airport imaginable. It's simply wild. It's 100% American tourists just from all over the place in an incredibly small space. So just like, does that sound fun? No, it sounds um, horrible. Cancun is the star of the gringo. The gringo is like, <laughs> I can't wait to get to Cancun. It's just like, anyway, so we were there and we had an hour to kill. And the only place that had any openings was uh, Bubba Gump. Gum Shrimp Corporation. So we were like, we've never done this. Let's uh, go get some, like, whatever you get at Bubba Gump. So we, like, floated into Bubba Gump. And they're like, the only place that we have open right now is um, in the Gump House. And we're like, what? The and they're like, house? would you like two seats in the Gump House? And we're like, all right, put some in the Gump House. I don't, I don't care what the hell is the Gump oh. House. Uh, and they proceed to lead us to this, like, sterile interior that has, like, all white paint and, like, ro- like rosebud wallpaper and, like, uh, china dishes lining the walls and really, really sentimental pictures of all of the characters from Forrest Gump. What? like. Like almost like a filmic and like that's like of, actually like, way more terrifying than what I was picturing. I was picturing oh, like a sewage, like the bottom of a shrimp bucket. But this no, is no, 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 no. That sounds great because at least then this I would have the atmosphere. This is like pictures of Jenny, like looking like strung out Jenny, and then oh. like like um clearly like clearly dying but putting on a happy face, Jenny. So strange. It's supposed to be in like in the dump, like oh, okay, the gumps. Yeah, it took me like, exactly. It took me a minute to figure it out. I was like, what? Okay, so I'm supposed to be in the Gump house right now. Um, But it's like, it's such a half-assed attempt. It's very funny. Um, And there's maybe seven or eight people that all fit in there at the same time. And I was like, if if this isn't an opportunity for like satirical influencerism, what is? So I like started taking videos of like, you know how people are like, did you know that there's a secret waterfall behind like, um the outhouse behind the factory and like that like that kind of thing yeah yeah but also like you can't just say there's a gump house inside of um uh, every every bubba gump shrimp and like take videos of it maybe you can but like i was originally thinking like like what is a way that i can frame this like uh this voiceover that i'm gonna do for this thing like did you know there is and I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it in the frame of mind as if like Forrest Gump has like taken over the world and he's like a supreme fascist potentate. And I don't really know why, but that'll be my take. I'm like, I like it. Well, I'd like to keep it a little weird. I like it like to keep it a, like a step beyond what I even understand to like keep things comedically interesting for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've yeah, got to be uncomfortable too. Exactly. There, um, there is a, my, my wife works with a painter named um, Allison. Uh, I'm so embarrassed right now. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but she's, I, I've never met her, but, um, but her, her work is really beautiful. Um, but I was listening to a podcast with her and she's like, I found that in my work, um, embarrassment is a wonderful barometer of meaning. And I'm like, Ooh, God, that's amazing. I like that. That's like the greatest tool you can give me. Amazing. Um, and I'm like, I'm only going to use that from now on. Cause that sounds really exciting. That's awesome. And that also is super on brand with your like ridiculous and hilarious 
Well, choose like, trees. It's like my favorite thing. My sister and I just basically had entire conversations that were just sending back and forth videos of you for probably like a good month or two when we first found your account. I would hope so. I'm so happy to hear that I leave, relit the relit the flame in that dying relationship. Thanks. Uh, but embarrassment is so rich. And in like, like, it's one thing to say like vulnerability. And like, that's a, that's a really useful word, I think, when you're thinking about writing something dramatic or weighty or profound. But embarrassment is so comedically rich. I'm like, oh, oh I know when I was embarrassed. Like, I'm vulnerable. I think all the, all, the, all the time, like when you're a new dad, you're a live wire, right? I, I guess I'm trolled. I only, I only get to say that for like maybe like three more months. I think at the. Oh, the I point. thought you were going to say three more years. I think you're still a new dad until they're like five. Is that right? That feels right. Great. Okay. I have no kids, Sounds obviously. Good. So, oh. yeah. It's also just one of those funny things like tapping into the universality of something is so core in comedy. And yet. It's such a challenge because of what you're saying, too. What's your unique take? Like, we all grew up not even really like we joked around with each other being like, do you do love trees? <laughs> That's funny. Why? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, as soon as, of course, we saw the name of your account, we were like, I know this guy. I know this guy. He was my seventh grade buddy who just couldn't stop goofing around in class, but like was so serious that everyone wasn't ever really sure if he was kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was yeah. great. To expostulate a little bit about, on that character you're talking about, I was really kind of delighted and like being different and weird just because I was, I didn't grow up a lot, around a lot of Jewish people. So I kind of like enjoyed the difference that I, that I had growing up in like a very like um, kind of Irish, German, Protestant, like red state, Pennsylvania Ooh. kind of zone. Oh yeah. That's not very Jewish. No, no. But like I had a few very good Jewish friends that I, that I've kept my whole life from Hebrew school. Um, but there was only like one or two of us in a, in each grade of like 400. Wow. Um, but it was weird because it was like, you had a certain sort of celebrity be simply because of your difference. You could definitely be like a good Jew or a bad Jew for like for everybody else. They'd be like, Oh, that dude, that dude that Jewish guy sucks. And like you get extra credit for sucking. Or when you were cool, I guess you get extra credit for being cool. I mean, in my case, at least my Jewishness was never a part of like my overall rejection from my peers. I think I did that shut myself. <laughs> yeah, I think it, well, it was, it, it, you know, it, it feels, it feels right and regular to, to me to be like periodically rejected in a way. I'm not, I'm not like, I like being like, I like. No, being. well, Bye. sure. I mean, I think it's important. And you know, that's also how, you know, you have stumbled into a milieu that is not for you. And that's good. Yeah, it's good yeah, to like get chewed away <laughs> by that. But, uh, you know, I mean, mine was a pretty solid block. I would say from like first grade to like fifth grade. So Ooh, I like probably, that. I like you know, that. I yeah. But you know what? We all get popular in seventh grade. Because yeah, and then everything we works all out. get to throw a party mm-hmm. every Saturday well, night. We always yeah. know where the party's at. Do you want to hear about my worst party ever? So I only ever really threw like one party when I was in seventh grade. And I threw it on January 20th, uh, 2001. What do you know about that day? George oh. Bush was created. Oh. And, oh. and I got dumped at that party. <laughs> because of George Bush? Yeah, Terrible. they were like, the, the political Eric. landscape is changing. And sorry, dude. Tobin's uh, out. <laughs> Tobin's out. Bush is in. <laughs> you know his Clintonite sympathies, um, but that party sucked. Needless well, to say, well, that sucks. Hopefully, yeah. your year was uh, redeemed by all of the bar and bat mitzvah shenanigans. Although I guess there's only four of you, so probably not. Mine was done, so I guess I was coming down from my high. Well, my parents already, uh, you know, they already gave me all the drink I needed because, um, in like they're they're divorced, uh, and like I don't know, I just we just like normalized this after a few years, and like they have a relationship like that I think like the lion's share of divorced people have, which is like. 
all right, how are you? Good to see you. Okay. Yep. Here's the kids. Okay. Goodbye. Right. Like they have <laughs> exactly. that really, they have that relationship. Um, but apparently like they, they could never get together to work on any bar mitzvah parties together. So we always had two. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. And one would be Saturday night. The other would be Sunday afternoon at my dad's barn. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. Yeah, the perks of living in Pennsylvania. Damn. I would have loved yeah. a barn bar mitzvah party. Barn, barn mitzvah. Barn mitzvah. Oh, you beat me to it. I was on the yeah. way. My dad was really frustrated that Howard Hayfitz beat him to that on the, uh, like, when you write the, like, hey, Tobin, show up on a come bar mitzvah, like, ah. Like when you write it on the whiteboard. Dang it. Well, you can tell him you redeemed yourself because you got there a half second before me, so fine. Okay, I'll tell him. Are both your parents Jewish? Uh, yeah, my dad's Jewish. My dad is, like, the typical um, kind of, like, Polish, Russian, like, Ellis Island, Ashkenazi thing. Mitnik means... um uh toll collector in old ukrainian Ooh, dang super creepy where was the toll and what was it for in old ukraine what was the toll uh, <laughs> my mom was actually born into and i know this will this will cause quite a stir um in the community um just uh this will be the headline of usa today tomorrow um uh my mom was born into the united church of christ uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Tobin not a Jew. All right. All right. Blood Adam logic. Sandler's going to write a song about it. Tobin not a Jew. Not a Jew. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I think about it all the time. Like, I'd be lying if I was like, uh, you know, to, to you know, in like Chabad speaking, like I'm For technically sure. not, Jewish, not a right? Jew. Yeah, yeah, not a Jew. Yeah. Um, but um, she converted in the 70s, I think um and she was just she's just she's the best you i know she's like That's more awesome. into it so by the time like i was born my mom was just like full-on jew knows better she yeah. more prayers so kind of embodies the spirit of judaism a whole lot more than like Aww. most jews i've ever met so then that makes me even more angry when i'm like why would you write her off yeah like she's the one who's doing the work and actually and like get fucked guys <laughs> i don't care I don't know if you've had uh, time to, you know, I know with your very busy schedule, I'm sure you simply haven't had the time to listen to the back catalog of Jewish. Um, but a lot of, uh, basically the whole first four episodes are with converts because like I've had that interesting experience of like, I've always been Jewish and always been considered Jewish. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff about our culture that I just, we just don't think about. Like when we talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know, for example, Jews love trees. I'm like, ha, ha, that's so funny because it's a thing. But like people who are not Jewish are like, Jews love, tr- what? Why? What? And I'm like, I know. oh, they, oh, oh. Uh, oh, oh, God, I got to go back. Oh, I got to go further back. Oh, I got to go. Oh, okay. And then I'm like, fuck, am I going to have to get biblical about this? I'm going to have to go all the way to like creation and be like, come in there with the trees and eat them. And it was the yeah. first thing that got, okay, fine. Yeah. Scripture, it's really boring. It's a lot Something more interesting <laughs> to be like, well, when we have parties, we plant trees for people. Yay. But like, I don't know where the tree that was planted for my bat mitzvah is. Like where, I don't know. Is that a thing? Anyway. It's a good point. My, yeah, my my foreskin is somewhere buried under some tree, and I'm just like, oh, is it in Pennsylvania? It it should look so. like you or something. Right? I think they ship that's off. Not how that works. They ship off batches of yeah. It'll look like you. That's exactly right. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, they're all stem cells. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, they like ship them off on mass to Israel somewhere, and they like, they do not. That's what somebody told me one time, and I was like, that's "That cannot be real." Fucking crazy. There's no way they wouldn't last that long. You'd have to like freeze dry them or something. Well, I mean, what do you think? I don't. I was going to make some like 
like hors d'oeuvre joke, but I'll just. Oh, okay. I'm I don't trying, know. I'm trying to make real. I'm, I'm clearly anxious about exposing myself as like, I'm like a. A fake Jew. A fake Jew. So I'm like <laughs> trying to cover it up with other cut types of controversy. I wish I were more popular so that I could distract for you in that way, but I'm afraid probably not. For the record, I've seen very few people who are ad naturally tapped into like, not just the like, this is a thing and it's just like a weird little Jewish thing and also like the weird Jewish humor than you. So there you go. You've got it. Good job, mom. Thanks. Good job, dad. Good job, Converts mom. are very dad. often much more zealous. And, yeah. you know, she, she gave you a good thing there. You're, you're doing she, great. She did. She's just like, she rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was already Jewish when you were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you feel like, I mean, I guess it was kind of normal, right? Like, did you have a tree planted for your bar mitzvah? Like, what's, did you? No, we didn't do any trees for my bar mitzvah. I mean, my dad just plants trees every day. He's just like, I, well, he doesn't really. That's probably not related. Jewish related, right? No, that's, related. that's that's dad related. Yeah. That's that's an indiv- it sounds like an individual thing. Yeah. that's it. And so many of them. The hobby. All, all the Douglas firs just get like oh. some fungus and die. Um, I planted a tree when my daughter was born. And when my second daughter Aww. was born, because I love that tradition. That is a beautiful um, tradition. And I've tried to plant some trees for some friends and folks that have uh, lost people um, because I like how they can work both ways. They can represent, yeah. they can be, you know, uh, living examples of, of, of life, but also just living examples of memory. Um, yeah. And um, no, I never knew the one about the bar mitzvah, though. I mean, I, guess I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm making on. that up. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. maybe that didn't happen at all. I don't know. <laughs> I think that it was one of those things where like you receive a card and instead of like a real gift or a real check, it says, I printed a tree in Israel in your honor. And it's yeah, like one exactly. of those. Yeah. And the, the thing is, like, you just have to take someone's word for it. Right. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, can I go visit it again? Where is my tree? Yeah, I would like I to know. see my tree because to your point. The idea is like we grow up together and we leave a legacy on earth in some sort of way. We leave the earth a little bit better than we found it. We contribute something. We make something beautiful. We leave it here. And I'm like, Miss Rumpheus. Have yeah. you read Miss Rumpheus lately? No. This, oh, that's a really good children's book. Oh, man. I have to look it up now because it sounds familiar, but. It's just like there's so many overly serious children's books that I'm like, oh, this is. Barbara Cooney. Oh, this is 100% something oh, I read. Yeah, yeah, this is. This, My mom Miss Rumpheus is beautiful. It's just like. I think oh, I love the last her. Two yeah. She's wonderful. She's the, the lupine lady. lady. That is, I mean, yeah, I love, I totally forgot that she had an actual name in my head. She was just always the lupine lady. And I always think of her when I see lupines, but I should, I feel like I should defer to you because you're the treaty guy. So if they're lupins, maybe they're lupins. I don't know. Somebody please don't at me about this or do because I would like okay. the answer. I'm going to take you down from Anxiety <laughs> Mountain right now. Just, just, <laughs> sure, I got it, Ron. And just take my hand. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. no, don't, 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 don't take my hand. Everything's being fun. That is beautiful, but so like, yeah. I always wondered what happened to all the trees that were planted for all the life events. Did you hear about that? Like all the time growing up, that's for me. This is one of those things about growing up Jewish, where it's just like it was in the air. We just plant trees. We yeah, just it's do just stuff. just it, it, un, unquestioning ritual stuff. That's like, oh yeah, I do the next ritual. Oh yeah, I yeah, do the next ritual. Yeah, the trees. Oh, trees are just like in the thing. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a thing we um, do. I yeah, was singing that song. It is a tree of life to I them and pass to it and all the supporters are, are happy. Happy, never did dance. I am even my cousin. You came by. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. um, I, I think like uh, if people love planting trees, it's much more difficult to take care of trees. Um, <laughs> Poor dad. <Aww. laughs> He's doing like I, I know. Damn. Uh, <laughs> to prevent the trees from getting goddamn fungus. Ah, damn <laughs> Douglas firs. Um, what happened to most of them? Most of them are probably dead. Um, if, because, you know, people love just 
planting pretty trees in soil and then forgetting leaving them. them there. It's much more. It's a much bigger, more fulfilling project to kind of like continuously take care of a tree. Like that's the whole thing. About that's a whole. Life. Did you read the Secret Life of Trees? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I tried to listen to it in audiobook, and I enjoyed a good amount of it. But I the also hidden, the, hidden, like, the hidden life of trees. Hidden life of trees. That's right. So that's right. There's something was, called the Secret Life of Plant. Do you know about oh. this? No, but I think I read The Secret Life of Bees. I think oh. that's, that's the one I might be thinking of. There's too many secret hidden no. lives. There's a documentary from the 70s called The Secret Life of Plants about mm-hmm. people who are actively doing like pseudoscience and, <laughs> and to try to discover like... Oh, that's where we learn that plants entries. scream and stuff, right? When they like that's the original them, like plants them. scream and stuff. It's also yeah. like Stevie Wonder did the whole soundtrack for it and... He what? sings a song that's like, the secret life of And it's like really, really intense. And he's like walking through a, a field of sunflowers. And it's just like, wow, Stevie Wonder was all in on this doc. Wild. Oh, wow. Maybe he was like a, I guess he would be like a Marianne Williamson fan these days. If, yeah, I think he'd be in there. Mm-hmm. Feels like on the same level. Interesting. You can say vibration. You can say same vibration. It's okay. <laughs> did I say, what did I say? Waving? I just made the hand motion. Same level. Uh, same vibes. I guess it would be a vibe. Speaking of vibes, let's give it to the Kabbalists, right? The Kabbalists, Kabbalists, Kabbalists. Yeah. Anyway, Kabbalists. Isn't it like, isn't it like when you say Hasidic, isn't it just like Kabbal? Like Hasidic? <laughs> Except for Hasidic-ish. Uh Yeah, all that stuff, right? No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah I guess they, mm-hmm. you know, people who do Kabbalah. The point is that if you're going to put mysticism on something, it gets more interesting. Mm-hmm. Just pretty much all the time, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking at this thing here because I was fully like, why do Jews love trees? And I was yeah, like I doing like a Google search. Guess what? It's not a very strange. <laughs> why do no, Jews not. love trees? Google was no. like, here's 15 articles. And so I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I found something that says that in Kabbalah, they uh, imbued Tuvishpah with new religious significance, as well as created elaborate new symbolic rituals. And that I feel like is kind of where it all comes down to us because we just do these things, right? Yeah. We don't really talk about the scripture, but that's also being like a very American Jewish way of living is like, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, there's scripture for this, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. more so we just do it and we just yeah. plant these trees. And like I taught Sunday school for like eight years. Sunday school or Saturday school? Sunday school. We invented it, my mom said, apparently what? because Saturday is the Sabbath. So the first day back to work true. in school would be... But you well Sunday, I suppose. So there you go, Mom. Logic. That's the answer. She's very wise. It could be true. So we used to plant trees. It would be like our our like. Um, except for now, I'm feeling guilty thinking about what she said because we certainly didn't take care of the trees. So now I don't know who took care of the trees. The tree's probably dead, and that makes me feel bad. Take my hand. <laughs> take my hand down from the <laughs> Please, please, God. So we planted the trees. We planted the trees. But the good news is we planted them like on the synagogue grounds because it was like uh-huh. a beautification project. It was like a little yeah, community fun. service. Yes, and uh, so I do think they actually had a gardener. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. I feel good I, about I it. I feel okay. 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 They're probably cool. fine. But yeah, so it was cute. And so like mm-hmm. I planted a tree once myself. I didn't only receive cards about it. And so yeah. it becomes a part of your life when you do It does become a part of your life. It's very nice. Why do you know so much about trees? Because <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know. Uh, mostly, yeah. well, books. I, I would hop between like naturalistic interests every like 18 months when I was a kid. I'll go from like fossils to like meteorology to like crystals to sharks and like all of these kind of things. And like trees are kind of the ultimate expression of all of these things because they sh- show up in all of these. They're the yeah, most they're... ubiquitous, but at the same time, they're just like the richest symbolically they're the most studied. They're the key to our existence on the planet. They're yeah, except for that, you know, according to the hidden life of trees, we still don't really know how they get the water up there. 
uh, uh, the gravity up the gravity column as up the, the gravity uh, they go up the gravity the and away and we still don't know how yeah the there's that's theories. right um, there's no answers it's very well, mysterious if they're pulling it up there yeah exactly how the how the actual xylem pumps it up from the roots i'm not actually sure yeah it's yeah. i'll, I'll buy mysterious. it i mean he knows what he's talking about well you know it's a very it was a very romantic book in its way i thought it was very sweet it is it was it a looks like that have to exist it was a tough listen. Did you all do you listen. do you listen to books while you read books? My friend Zoe told me I should do this. Like follow along to the same listening. book. Oh yeah. no, I'm definitely one of those people who's like perpetually in motion. So I listen to books because I can't stop to do things to hold them and look at them. Yes, me too. but I also read books. But that's a very different activity mentally. Mm. It's like a mindfulness activity where it's like now, absolutely. Now, we I was just thinking about that, and we yes. shall read this book, and mm-hmm. we shall not look at our phone, and we shall not talk to people. We're going to go on this journey with Salman Rushdie into the world of the genies. I saved my more difficult texts for simply physical reading. And I started, I I stopped listening to podcasts because I I run and I do marathons and stuff. So I spent a lot of time Mm. training each week. And I was like, oh, what if I just replace all the podcasts that I listen to while I train for marathons with books? And now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm listening to Uh a book a week. Oh, my God. You're running too much. Yeah, uh, I used to date a guy who did that, and he was an ultra marathoner. And I was like, "But how do you get your cadence? I don't understand." Yeah. I have to do music. I'm such an amateur runner. I have to listen to music. I guess no music. I just, the only thing about music is I it it it, it doesn't allow me to control my emotional state because something will come on, I'll get like all hopped up, and I'll be like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and like my That's cadence, need it. my cadence will go through the roof. I can afford to run emotionally. Mm-hmm. It seems like you can't. I'm always running emotionally. I started running emotionally from things and then I started running physically from things. And, you know, Jews are really good at running. Now I do it both um, at the same time. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Well, this is going great. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of those things where it's like, I would love to come in with like a bunch of meaningful questions. And really, it just comes down to like, why do you know so much about trees? How did you know trees would be funny? Like, that's the other thing is like, oh, well, trees aren't funny. Um, I, and I have tried to <laughs> think about this. Trees are very serious. Trees are very serious. Well, the thing is just like for the past three years, I've been like, are trees actually funny? Like, can I make? Because I'm an actor and a, and a comedian and I'm a writer and I want to make like longer form narratives. And right mm. now I'm like working on like what I can do to like the kind of projects that I can pitch and stuff like that. And a lot of times I'll find that trees are actually too narrow a subject to like pitch mm. to anybody that is interested. They, they could be like one episode of something, but like overall yeah. it has to be something else. Um, but trees are not funny. It's somebody's opinion in relationship to trees, right? Because people are right, funny. Right, exactly. People yeah. are funny. However, I will say that there is a lot of truth in the outdoor, in outdoor spaces being very conducive to laughing and very conducive mm. to, to opening up somebody's experience to something and relaxing somebody and making them more willing to listen and laugh at something. Like there's a reason why so many of Shakespeare's plays are set outside. Midsummer Night's mm-hmm. Dream is set outside. As You Like It is set outside. Much of Much Ado About Nothing is set outside. And a lot of the tragedies are set in these cloistered, claustrophobic spaces. Oh my right? God, I never thought about that. That dank castle. Of, of oh yeah, exactly. Stone like, room, yeah. Othello's murder of Desdemona inside a tiny little bed. One tiny know. room, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. One tiny room. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a lot of, I don't, I don't know what the answer is here, but like, um, I wish there were a lot more comedy set outside because you can naturally integrate people's relationship to outside spaces because sometimes they're ridiculous. Sometimes mm-hmm. somebody is, knows so much about like I would be a ridiculous character in a, in a TV show 
who would just like know too much about trees and try to force people to uh, to learn things about trees while everybody else is like, yeah, but what are we going to eat tonight? <laughs> you know, I, I suppose we're probably both Ezra Klein heads here. We're, we're the demographic. And uh, he had some he had a he had a guest on last week. Again, I'm forgetting her name because I'm an awful misogynist who forgets women's names, which I've done twice. on. Oh, party. that's two in a row. I wouldn't have I even know, noticed if you hadn't this. said it because I just forget names generally. So well, I, I bet the Internet would notice. So I'm calling myself out now. They will criticize me. <laughs> Good that's job. how it works, right? Anyway, she was she was she's a leading professor on attention and she was talking just about like what it requires, um, it, it, like how essentially this isn't really what she was talking about explicitly. But what I took away from it is why you can feel physically exhausted at the end of the day when you've only been really giving somebody like emotional attention. I'm like, oh, oh I understand my children. Yeah. Um, and and I was just like, oh, yeah, of course, I have no space less for left for anything creative or like jokes because I spend them all. It's kind of zero sum in that respect. Like you have a tank and I don't want to just be like, how do I refill it? How do I refill it? How do I refill it? But at the same time, like you just got to run on the reserves. I know fumes. So what you're seeing right now are uh, my videos are fumes. No, <laughs> no. For the top, like six months. I mean, they're not as funny as they were. No, I'm just kidding. That's I'm true. kidding. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's that's okay. You, what I try to yell I'm at people about. I'm actually about to pull it up right now to be like, no, it, when was it's completely I fine. I just like, I try to yell but at people. But I do think like, that your tactic to go back to being shirtless is smart because that's always thanks. good. Thank you, Hannah. Yeah. I mean, when in doubt, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so lazy. That's the laziest thing. <laughs> I'm <just> like, <laughs> the internet loves it. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. I will tell you something. Like the the past few months, for reasons that I kind of understand, um, nobody really wants to touch a hot stove when it comes to like Israel and Palestine, which I completely understand. Like if you don't have to get involved with it in some ways or you're not passionate about it, people don't want to be involved with it. I'm not mm-hmm. drawing a judgment here or I'm not giving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But, yes. But like it's not particularly helpful. You know, this is the smallest quibble you could have in this awfulness that's enveloping the world and all of our psyches with with meaning, but like the smallest quibble I could have is that like nobody wants to touch the hot stove that is a guy with the with the the word Jew in his title. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so interesting. But I'm like, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's just complain about. I'm just like, that's how it goes. Like what you sometimes you can't control somebody's willingness to to interact with you or 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 like what you do. That's the nature of of being like a semi public figure or whatever you are. Yeah. Um, and so you feel like people interact. So have you been getting less interactions or is it more yeah, that you it, also feel less oh, yeah. motivated because you oh, just oh, are but, like, that's where the discourse is. And I don't want to do that. That's where the discourse is. And and of course, like it, it takes up so much of your, your thoughts and your feelings. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, um, but also at the same time, it like. I'm also making worse stuff than I did like three mm. years ago. So it, it, it's, it's, I, which is fine. Like you're just gonna, I think you kind of spend after three years making continuous content, you're going to spend whatever your like initial um, pr- mission yeah. was. Like you're going to yeah. just, you're going to run through it all. Um, yeah. And that's why you just got to get into different mediums because if you try to just keep recreating what you did on social media, it's just going to be an imitation yeah. of itself and it's going to be sad for you and everybody else. Yeah. Um, and also, like, if you're, if you're, if you're, all of your feelings, all of your attention is being drawn up by something else far more important in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, then, whether of course, it's your you're kids gonna, or the either conflict, if it's your kids or the, or the conflict, yeah. like yeah. you're, you're yeah. not going to be able to produce good, relaxed, creative work. Of course, you're not. It's yeah. just like this is not a big 
in some ways, like from 30,000 feet, like this is not a big deal. This is simply yeah. the way of being a creative person in the world. Like, yeah, you're not always going to be able to control um, whether you're like creatively fertile or whatever. Juiced up. Yeah, totally. Totally. No, I think you said it really well. And that's really interesting because like I went to art school and I always so I've been a photographer for what years? God, yes. Was, so I was doing photo for a very long time. And again, I never felt naturally talented at it. It was always only ever the work. And yeah. I, in a way, think it set me up for success a little bit better because I had to learn that exact lesson of I was doing a BFA in photography and it was a quarter system. So it was like 10 weeks, 10 weeks, 10 weeks, 10 weeks. And like I had a scholarship and I couldn't lose my scholarship because then I couldn't go. So I had to keep above a 3.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a 3.0 or whatever it was. So uh, what I learned then, which a lot of people I don't think learn at like 17, 18 years old, uh, is that sometimes you have to turn the wheel manually. And that's just yeah. how it goes. And sometimes you yeah. just have to keep showing up and keep putting the shit through the camera and into the developer and printing it out. And it's bad. Mm hmm and it's a little less bad. Maybe you get lucky. Sometimes you play the odds and then, yeah, I know. okay. But yeah, sometimes you just have to keep the wheel turning to keep the machine warm. Yeah. My machine is so cold right now, which is like, I'm okay with that. Like, I just, I was just like, gonna ask, so what are you doing? What are you working on? I know you're raising babies. Um, you know, raising babies. Um, working on, uh, yeah, working on trying to get into offices so I can sell people on a few different kind of, uh, what I really, really want to do is I want to do a, uh, like a subversive nature show. Um, I love like, it. One of them just like you kind of have to these days, like the best bet is to kind of like the best your best bet is like not to go in to like production companies uh, to like production meetings or like meetings with like various places, like with one firm idea for a pitch that's completely mm. flushed out with like a billion different ideas totally. for a billion different things. You should go in with like five or six soft pitches, yep. um, which is five or six ideas that are that have a good hook and have and can grow like and can grow but that you can develop with those yeah. people because yeah. like it's it's just way more fun when you totally when you're collaborative from the very beginning um and you can totally. feel creative as an executive in a meeting and contribute I, this is me putting on like trying on somebody else's shoes but being like what would mm. i want if i was meeting with weird tree man um oh some ideas that he has where maybe i can fill in some holes sounds a lot more fun than like him just you could be the anthony bourdain of trees Sure, that sounds good. I would do that. Um, but like one of them, uh, one idea I have right now is like, I'll just say it. I don't really care. It's called America the Hideous, where we just like find the ugliest natural places in America. And but it's like also like you bring people in kind of like old Daily Show style, and you totally. just like talk to them in a completely dry manner about like what their opinions are and what the plan for this place is. And so it becomes a, each episode becomes a redemption story because mm -hmm. or it becomes you know, uh, this place is damned to hell story. That's what you're really talking about, right? Like stumbling across the meaning. What is that? That's that's yeah. the universal human experience. Yeah, and then like, I here's know. all these people I'm out not... here who like kind of figured out great stuff. Where it's like, oh, I bought a bunch of loofahs that were made from recycled plastic and they're fine. You know, I don't know. Who are these people? Just alleviating. I want their loofahs. Not yeah. anything. All I use to wash my body is incredibly uh, corrosive soap material that will just strip away all of the... I have no... Is it with you guys? Look, I don't have any, I don't have a good retort, but what I will say is that one time I used bar soap to wash my hair for two months without hearing that that wasn't okay. Uh, and one time uh, I used the exact same uh, uh, detergent for my clothes for three years in college, all of college. And then uh, one of my roommates, Marielle, was like, Tobin, can I borrow some detergent? And I was like, yeah, sure. It's on top of my dresser. And she went in and she was like, uh, all I can find is fabric softener. Where's the actual detergent? And I was like, 
What? Cool, cool. cool I didn't cool, actually cool. wash my clothes for Love three that. years. <laughs> That's still gross. Also very on brand for college boy. I know. And then I'm like, oh, now I know why I couldn't get it, girlfriend. And no one told you about the soap and the hair either. I don't want to cut this short because I feel like this is so fun, but also like we've lost all structure. Should we cut I mean, it? Well, yeah, which is well, good. That's how I like what it. Supposed to happen. I like yeah, chaos. What was supposed to happen here. No, that's just pretty much it. I mean, I. Oh would've... no! I want you to go to your outline right now, or whatever you've got there. Your I mean, I wrote whatever. a couple of questions. So uh, one of my questions was because I anticipated this being excruciatingly painful for you, and now that I've learned that you've sort of moved on in your interest, I worry that maybe it won't be as painful comedically as I was hoping. Of all the trees you've known before, what is your very favorite single tree? It can be a species. A single tree? Or it can be an actual individual tree that you have like a special memory of it. I, do, I, I have a couple um, like pocket answers. What's the expression? Pocket answers? Yeah, I have a couple pocket Canned, answers. Canned. I don't want your canned answers. Yeah, I have a couple canned answers. For, oh, the tree I grew up with, uh, magnolia in my backyard. Very meaningful tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my. Is there favorite. any real answers? Oh yeah, I absolutely <laughs> have that tree. That that is actually um, the real answer. Um, but any single tree other than that, there's one very particular. I get really boring because I always go toward like the uh, superlative tree kind of things, and I'm um, I don't actually uh, give any wisdom when I talk about my favorite trees because I'm just as attracted to like the superlative trees as everybody else. But like, there's this one bristlecone pine, uh, which are the trees that live up to like five thousand years old. Um, in these tiny pockets of elevation, like 10, 11,000 feet. Um, and it's just kind of like curved, like a, um, God, I don't know. I don't have a metaphor here. Whatever. Careful with um, the curved, like a. Yeah. It's curved like a penis. Uh, <laughs> up on, uh, up on old tree mountain, there's this penis tree and it's very dear to my heart. I know. No, there's this there's this other tree I really like a lot, which I try to trek to um once a year. And I actually haven't gotten there in like three years. Um, but it's called Wally Waldron and it's a limber pine. It's the oldest tree in Southern California. It's about fifteen hundred years old. Um, and it's just beautifully shaped. It's like shaped like two craggy mountains, almost like the like like, you know, the the most dramatic peaks of the Andes. Um, and it just has a million different dead roots, but it has just a few slivers of like living tissue still on it. And, you know, you can go as metaphorically rich with these old trees as you want, but it's also just very beautiful and it's a very hard hike up to up there. Um, and that's on top of mountain bottom Powell. He was like a boy scout leader. He might've done like a, like a little bit of ethnic cleansing. Uh, we're not actually sure. There's a little Uh, bit of that, you know, uh, What's the bird guy? He was a problem too. Audubon. Oh, Audubon. Audubon, major problem. Your big problem. Major problem. I feel like more than anything else, everybody's like, these people are exhausting. Wasn't anybody <laughs> just like a simple person? But like, didn't they? No, they were just like, all low key evil. Uh, weird investments in eugenics. Jesus, guys, just be normal. Like, they just don't do No, this. that was their whole point was you just be normal. Look, yeah, I know. Not, no, not a no, funny no. joke to make for exactly. Jews, but kind of only but, Jews to make but the we, joke. We can make the joke. Sort of um, only us. We can make the joke. Uh, look, yes. look, cut out whatever you want. Cut out whatever you want. I've always had a like a Methuselah fantasy, and and the reason is because like Methuselah from the Bible fantasy. Yes, we're about to tie together all the nerd strings here. Wow, baby Hannah was raised on books on tape, which mm-hmm. audiobook makes sense. Yeah, I was obsessed with uh, Jane of Lantern Hill. 
don't uh, know who Lu- that is. Lucy Maud Montgomery. She wrote Avonlea. She wrote Anne of Green Gables. How dare you not do yeah, that? I know. Young girl like, in the early 90s. Yeah, it was another young boy in there. It wasn't a big thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jane of Lantern Hill. Yeah. Uh, there is a beautiful part where um, the audiobook, she and her dad, who she never met because he lives on Prince Edward Island, it's very remote and like his mysterious circumstances around why he was banished from the family. Yeah. And so he said something beautiful about the something of Methuselah. And I, of course, little baby nerd hand, I like went down an Encyclopedia Britannica wormhole about Methuselah. Well, there are a few different trees named Methuselah. Yeah. How do we know which one three or one? Well, um, the, 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 the most popularly nicknamed tree named Methuselah is like about 4,800 years old. And it's a, also white, it's a bristlecone pine, one of those really old trees. It's the, supposedly the oldest monoclonal organism on the planet the oldest tree on the planet that doesn't have like that isn't like uh suckering off an older root system that it's like it's it's its own tree you know Mm. one stem it's its own tree it's not a parasitic Um, tree like those other posers exactly well not parasitic (laughs) all this botanical michigas anyway um then there's also methuselah which is a nickname for a uh bait pond the date palm seed that was re-sprouted. Uh, that was a 2,000-year-old seed. So people like to be like, Jesus Christ could have uh-huh. walked under the father of this tree or something yeah. like that. Um, in that accent, that's how they it, want to yeah, talk about they, it. Sound like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what voices to do anymore because there's a lot of not okay voices to do anymore. Know, so I'm just true. like, just do variations just be... of the Jewish accent. <laughs> exactly. Just in uh-huh. Long Island in like different time periods. That's uh, that's interesting. Prince Edward Prince Edward Island is in Canada, right? The N one. What's the one that starts with N? No. Saskatchewan? Let's just go through them. Alberta, Saskatchewan, British Columbia, uh-huh. Ontario. I mean, uh, Quebec. That's it, right? That's all the problem. And then the northern... But it's northern the province of something something. Nova Scotia! I fucking got it! Nova Scotia, can you believe I remember that? I uh, no, didn't remember uh, it, but I had one letter. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, that's interesting. So he he <laughs> means in this book, um, what's it called? Lady of the Lake. <laughs> Jane of Lantern Hill. Lady of the Lake is a very different book. <laughs> <laughs> very Canadian, very Christian. Ah, <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, but uh, so it's supposed to be an old tree on St. Edward Island? I mean, no, I, I, I think he's actually just talking about Methuselah from the Bible. I think he's like actually just Whoa. making her like an allegory of, uh, and honestly, I couldn't even tell you the passage. Methuselah. Methuselah, Methuselah. oldest living figure in the Bible, older than Adam. 960 there you go. years? 960? 960. And is Methuselah Jewish then? Just saying. Trees in the no, Garden of I, Eden? I, I, I can't even remember what Methuselah did. I just know that it, Methuselah is the oldest dude in the Bible. Let me see if I can find it. Jane, Jane would stumble through the chapter, mispronouncing words she knew perfectly well. Here it did is. You type in, did you Here type in Lydia Public? The most delightful drive must end. We'll soon be at Brookshire, you said, Dad. Okay. What do you do? What do you write? Asked Jane, thinking of peaceful adjustments of international difficulties, which is a writing of his that she stumbled across while going through his, trying to get to know him. You know, what she, year is this? What, what, what time period is this? Perhaps late 19th century, early 20th. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's something that one of those guys, along with the Kellogg brand pack. Give me a break. Back. Yeah, oh, that's a little bit of eugenics. Um, a little of everything, Jane. Stories, poems, essays, articles on all subjects. I even wrote a novel once, but I couldn't mm-hmm. find a publisher. You're going to love this. So I went mm-hmm. back to my pot boilers. Behold, a mute, inglorious Milton in your dad. To you, Jane, I will confide my dearest dream. It is to write an epic on the life of Methuselah. What a subject. Here we are. 
Okay, so I guess a, an epic about an epic poem about Methuselah from the Bible or something like that. An epic intense. on the life of Methuselah made How up. How do we go down the rabbit hole? How do we go? I don't know. I asked you about your favorite tree, and I ended up with Methuselah, which is a weird tree for a Jewish girl to love. Oh, Methuselah's awesome. I've seen her. She rules. And I think the only really important question that I have left is, um, and I'm sure you've answered this a million times, so I'm sure you can give me your canned answer, and then I have one part two of this. Mm-hmm. What tree are you? Uh, I've thought about this a couple of times, and um, it would have to be a tree that um, like is uh, is seemingly interesting, but is actually completely useless. Yeah, sequoia because um, it looks really cool. It would completely useless. <laughs> is that true? Sequoia wood is useless. Col- Coulter pine, big old spiky cones, completely useless wood. Another <laughs> one. I like this. I like this category. I feel like you could do this for a while. I could do this for a while. I got some. Um, no, I like to think of myself as a, uh, I like to think of myself as a spinning a good yarn. So, uh, perhaps I would think about a tree that's, that's narratively valuable for some reason. I actually don't have a good answer for this, but no, I think in real, in real life, I would know. I love a birch tree. I think I would be a birch tree just because I'm overly sensitive. Little pale. I'm a little, I'm overly sensitive. And people like to chop me up and use me in root beer. I don't have a oh. good answer here. <laughs> Are birch in root? I did not. Uh, no, birch, birch beer, birch beer, birch beer. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, so part two of the question is, now that we've talked for a little while, if I were a tree. I see you as kind of like, I'm trying to use my anthropomorphism rules here. There's rules? Okay. So it was a guide to anthropomorphism. Um, you should publish that. I think it would play. I wrote a book that did that with a hundred trees didn't do very well. Oh, well, we'll link it in the show now. Yeah, baby. Let me think here. Anna Gaber would be, is it Gaber, right? Gaber? Mm-hmm. Well done. Anna First Gaber round. would be like, what's your middle name? Susan. Damn, we're really <laughs> doing this. Sorry. <laughs> Rude. Anna Susan Gaber. Anna Susan Gaber. Um, I think you would be like uh, uh, an incredibly enthusiastic tree which would be like maples are very enthusiastic. They sprout a lot of foliage. Um, like and that. also your hair is, is uncontrollable, right? You've got some, you've got 100%. some about your hair, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that means that you would probably, um, I would say you'd be like a, uh, no, not a maple. I take that back. You'd be like, we'll be here for a while. I'd say you'd be like, I'm I always I'm always biased towards kind of like local trees because those are the trees that I get to see. Um, okay, well maybe I would say like what's a tree that's like kind of like often tangled, kind of like gets all like tangled and like anxious, but like like comes out on the other side with like a lot of meaning and like a lot very hardy, yeah, like hardy and hardworking tree. Hmm. So I guess hmm. you have to say you know you'd be a good you kind of be like a dead ringer for like an American chestnut, which is not really around anymore because they just completely wiped out. Well, that's for me yeah. and the chestnut. No, well, this is that's not that's not the reading that we're doing of this tree. You could do you could do an uncharitable reading of any tree. Um, <laughs> no, no. Let's say American chestnut because it's it, very very dense, kind of uh, very fluffy looking. Oh yeah, very intense. Um, but also just like incredibly useful. Like the the oh. the chestnuts from the American chestnut used to be like the main uh, sustenance for like like all of the squirrels. Um, I love that. But, but now they'd be uh, a rare and valuable find. And that's the metaphor that we'll land on. That's maybe the most unexpected and highest compliment that I've ever been paid. 
to be compared well, to an American chestnut. Thank I you. I usually do it backwards. I usually look at the tree and then I'm like, oh, how can these characteristics be anthropomorphized? So it's a little more complicated for me to be like, this is the person. Now, here is the tree that the person is like. Well, I'm, I'm incredibly complimented. Now I'm going down an American chestnut wormhole. It's an amazing. The book to read is, um, I think it's just called American Chestnut by uh, Susan Frankel. Shut up. Why? By a Jewish Susan? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Did you set, this was a setup. A Jewish Susan sounds like, uh, <laughs> like, like some sort of like, like. I don't know a lot of not Jewish. Type really. that a busybody would talk about. Oh, she's a real, she's a real Jewish Susan. <laughs> Really she's the real Jewish Susan, if you know what I mean. A, she's a real Jewish Susan. I don't actually know any Susans who are not Jewish now that I think about it. Susan? Yeah. Or the Jewsen. Yeah. Oh, we have delightfully spiraled off the rails, and I'm uh, oh, yeah. here for it. I think this we haven't been, been on the rails in 40 years. I don't think we got onto the rails. I think we just no. looked at the rails. We took a left turn, and we just kept going. Mm. And it's been great. No, it was really, really fun to talk to you, Hannah. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's so nice to make friends and talk Yay. to other people. Thank you so much, Tobin. Happy Tubishpot, which Happy we forgot Tubishpot. to talk about. Yeah, entirely. is that today? Is that today when the episode runs? Is that today? Happy that, this is your two. You're the Tubishpot episode. Uh, I can't believe it's today, Tubishpot. Um, already, again. Wow, already. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, trees. The name of like 18 different children's books called Happy Birthday, Cheese from Peace Your Library. If we didn't yeah. already. No, there's a hundred of them. There's a hundred of them. They're all good, though. This was amazing. Thank you so much. This was really fun. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Jew-ish. If you like the show, please give us a follow and give us a five-star rating if you have a second. That would really help us out. But most importantly, please share the love. Tell a friend. That's the best way for anyone else who might be a little Jew-curious or Jew-ish themselves to find us. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and a glossary of terms that you might have heard in the show. And go check out our sister podcast, The Curl Code. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Jewish is a Say More production.